Coming up on iOS today, Rosemary Orchard and I are helping you learn a new skill. Well, we're helping you find apps to help you learn a new skill. Stay tuned for iOS today. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is iOS Today, episode 685, recorded for Thursday, January 11th, 2024. Learn a new skill with iOS. This show is brought to you by members like you. Thanks. Hello and welcome back, or welcome to iOS Today, the show where we talk all things iOS, tvOS, watchOS, HomePod OS, and all the other OSs Apple has on offer. This is the Club Twit exclusive iOS Today. And so we thank you for your support of the network and of the show by being a member of Club Twit. If you're somehow here and you're not a member... Well, head over to twit.tv slash club twit to learn how you can do the right thing by becoming a member and checking out the show going forward. Uh, I am one of the hosts of this show called iOS Today. I am called Micah Sargent. And I am called Rosemary Orchard. And I am thrilled to be talking about learning because, you know, who doesn't love to learn? And as a former teacher, I've always loved uh, sharing that skill with folks because it's just really cool to be able to be like, oh yeah, I just learned this new thing all by myself. Aren't I amazing? Because you are amazing, even if you're just trying. I agree. I agree. And, you know, these apps are a great way to pick up a skill or to continue a skill or anything in between. The first one I want to talk about, um, Apple has has sung its praises a number of times. We've talked about it on the show before. It's Duolingo. Uh, This is the app that helps you learn languages. Uh, You can learn all sorts of languages in it. And I am currently working on German. I will be honest that I have not been back on this app for a while. So I may not remember what uh, what's going on here, but we're going to try. We're going to go through this just a little bit to talk about it. But I want to mention it's available for free in the App Store uh, with in-app purchases for kind of the premium subscription to gain access to a lot more features. But I think even just the free version of the app is pretty cool. The one thing I don't like about Duolingo is that it's got a little bit too much... Um, fluff around it. It's got a lot of different gamification things that I understand work for some people, but for me, it kind of gets in the way. Uh, But let's see. So it is asking me to find the correct translation of hello in German, which I know is hallo. And so I can check that and it says, yes, you've done that right. Uh, Wasser und Brat, bitte. That means water and bread, please. And I check that, and yes, that is correct. Wow, apparently I am keeping all that in my mind. Uh, how do you say bread brought? Uh, I check that. I think you correct. mean brought, Micah. Brought, thank you. It should you. be an O, brought. not an A. Brought is something a little different. <laughs> oh, dear. Hopefully not bad. Brought. <laughs> no, um, no. Good, no, good. Not bad. And then, hello, Julia. Um, although, is it Julia? Julia. Yeah. Hello, Julia means hello. Julia. And then hello means hello. And then let's see what's next. Oh, it says I'm crushing it. So far, so good. Hello, cafe, bitte. That means hello, coffee, please. And then we'll continue. Uh, Brat. Is it brat? Brat is frying. Brot is bread. Brot. Brot. Brot und Wasser, bitte. That means bread and water, please. And we're almost done here. Hello, of course, is hello. 
and we're done. Eight in a row. Good job. You get the idea. I will say what's kind of cool about this is that I had not picked up this thing in a couple of months, and I still had all of that in my mind. It does help that German has, I feel, a lot of cognates, um, and so that makes it a little bit easy. Also helps that I'm like 45% German, surely. That helps. Um, and so all of those things uh, combine to make it a little bit easier. But it is cool to see that that stuff has stuck with me, even though I haven't used the app in a while. Duolingo is based in a lot of the science surrounding learning languages. So um, I think you'll be very happy with it. Uh, that is the first skill uh, that you can use to, or the first app rather that you can use to learn a new skill. And there are loads and loads of language options within the app. All right, let's move along to our next skill, which comes from Rosemary. Well, the next one is more of a buffet of skills <laughs> that you could learn because I have taken so many different courses on Udemy. It's really difficult to just be like, yes, you can use Udemy to learn this because it's got this, that, the other, all of the things, basically. Now, I've been using it most recently uh, to just so, sort of brush up on some foundation um, of uh, more advanced programming uh, skills like algorithms and things like that. Um, but it has so many different things that you can uh, learn on there, um, including uh, the uh, the not-so-boring guide to Python, which I highly recommend. Um, but Udemy is a free app to download, and a lot of the courses on there are free as well. And not only that, um, but there are often $5 days um, or um, periods of time where a whole bunch of courses will be on sale for just $5. Um, and so you can then buy something that you've had your eye on for a while for five bucks. Yep. Even if the course is normally 80 or $150, it might go on sale for $5. Um, and so for that, I highly recommend checking out Udemy because it's got like so many different things on there that you can learn and honestly it's really difficult to just say it'll help you learn this because I would be underselling everything else it can teach you um a lot of the things on there are a bit more technical. So there's things like Excel um, and so on. Um, as I mentioned, Automate the Boring Stuff with Python um, by Al Swigart is on there. That's currently on sale for $10 instead of its usual $55. Um, but there's things on machine learning um, and all sorts. But there's also design things, personal development, photography, music, you name it. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I should recommend that folks t try out Udemy um, and I am now going to have to go find a guitar because I've not played guitar in so long <laughs> and I've just realized that they've got a whole bunch of guitar courses on here so I feel like I should probably pick that back up soon. Uh, I did not know that the Automate the Boring stuff is on there. I'm going to have to get that because I bought a book or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. Else I got wrote a book and then turned it into a Udemy course, um, which is a, perhaps a little easier to uh, to get to grips with for a lot of people. Yes, folks. So it's something I that I would stick that. with much easier than than uh, having the book on my Kindle that I've I've read, you know, through it and sort of perused it, but I have not really gotten into it. And I know that a Udemy course would be helpful for that. Um, the next thing I want to mention is I think for anybody who's maybe aspiring to be a better communicator 
and is looking maybe to start a podcast or wants to uh, public speak or just wants to work overall on their clarity of communication, uh, their their tone, their pitch, all sorts of, of uh, different things. And that is with an app called Astound. Astound is a voice speech coach uh, that is available in the App Store, again, to download for free with an in-app purchase. And when you get the app, um, you are meant to sort of start a recording first and foremost. And then from there, that serves as your baseline. And then you work through different uh, different types of, of exercises to improve upon your communication. So I'm going to show what it looks like to uh, start with this first recording to set a benchmark, and then you can kind of compare to it later. So it says, hey, can I have access to the microphone? Absolutely. And uh, we can do this by choosing voice potential. It says, make sure you're in a quiet place, tap record and read the following text out loud. So I'm going to go quiet for a second while we wait for the text to pop up. I use my voice to tell stories, to motivate others, and to leave a strong impression. <laughs> and that was all I needed to do. It says, confidence is rarely a permanent state, but instead comes and goes. Log how that recording session just felt so you can track your confidence over time. I felt good about it. Uh, practicing helps train our inner self-esteem. Review your recording and fine-tune your awareness for your speech. Uh, so there's that recording. And then I can go and do kind of the main uh, options. So we can do learning, how speech works. And I want to do one of the exercises here. Um, so let's see if I wanted to work on pitch, for example, uh, I guess that is tied behind the premium subscription. So it's available for nine ninety nine a month, uh, or $50 per year. And I know that they did have some that were available for free, but I think it's because I've had this app in the past and had a subscription that it's kind of locking me out without uh, being able to, to try out some of the other options. So unfortunately, I can't show much more than this, but essentially what it does is it provides you uh, some different exercises to work on whichever goal you might have. So if you want to work on your pitch, for example, if you want to work on your articulation, your tempo, maybe you feel like you speak too quickly or too slowly, uh, it can help with that. You can do it at different times of the day. So, you know, when you go on your coffee break, uh, before you go to work, if you're speaking in front of a group, if you're working on stage presence, maybe you have some anxiety or you have some hoarseness, what you can do about that. There are exercises for lisps. Uh, there are exercises where you can do yoga and also work out your voice at the same time. And then things like working with plosives, uh, which can be quite troublesome for the audio editor of a show. Um, and so that is Astound. It's a really cool app. I've, I've used it in the past um, and had recommended it actually to a couple of friends who have had good experiences using um, Astound. What's next on your list, Rosemary? Next on my list is not necessarily learning about one specific thing, but it's about getting a high-level overview of lots of things, and that is using TED. Um, TED, of course, has an iOS app that you can download where you can watch um, or listen to a whole bunch of the TED Talks uh, on your device. Um, but the idea behind TED is, you know, there's a whole bunch of creators out there who've done amazing TED Talks, and you can just listen to 
pretty much all of them for free. Um, and there's a whole series uh, going on as well at the moment of TED Talks to be a better you in 2024, uh, which includes things like uh, a three-step guide to believing in yourself, five steps to fix any problem at work, how to do laundry when you're depressed, and things like that. Uh, how to do laundry when you're depressed, by the way, is by Casey Davis, who has written a fabulous book, which I highly recommend folks check out. But there's also other things like The Secret Life of Dogs. Yes, that's right. Or what crows teaches about death. Um, or how I taught rats to sniff out landmines. Some of these things may be more useful in your home life than others. Uh, hopefully there aren't <laughs> landmines in your back garden that you need to worry about. But, you know, learning about uh, African elephants or how f- fireflies communicate could be really interesting. Um, and at minimum, it could be useful in one of those, you know, events where somebody's like, tell us something random. You know, at, at work, we used to have to tell people something random whenever a new person started, but it had to be something random about ourselves. And oh my God, that got to be the most difficult thing ever really, really quickly because most people run out of random things about themselves to tell other folks. So now it's just tell somebody about something random. And so, yeah, being able to spout out about tiny tardigrades and how they could help solve big problems, which you can learn about in a less than 17 minute TED Talk. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And what I like about a lot of these is there are long ones, but there are shorter ones too. So there are a lot of these, there's a whole series of um, TED Ed animations, which are five minutes or less, or uh, some of them are just over five minutes. Um, but yeah, and then there's a lot of others which are 20 minutes or less, which is great for taking like a short break from things uh, before you jump into other stuff. So yeah, learn about AI or dogs or, uh, you know, why winning doesn't always mean success or uh, whatever it is you want. There's just so many things to learn about on TED. So yeah, I highly recommend the TED app and TED Talks. Beautiful. All right. Uh, Next for me is another app that is great for just learning all sorts of stuff. Uh, It's LinkedIn Learning. It was once called lynda.com. And I honestly credit lynda.com for much of the early success I had that I think led me to where I am today. Um, I remember being a huge nerd in high school who spent like multiple months during the summer with lynda.com courses, learning how to use Photoshop, learning how to use uh, Premiere, and then learning how to use Final Cut Pro. And all of that is what led me to uh, working as a freelance graphic designer at first for a guy who eventually became my boss at the place where I became a journalist and became a news anchor and started teaching other people how to anchor and uh, worked in consumer technology journalism for the first time. And that was because I had had the background in video editing. I was originally brought on board uh, to help him produce a really early morning news segment that needed to be edited quickly and put together right after we had recorded it. And so had I not had those skills, wouldn't have done that, which then led to me kind of moving further down the line, which then led to me... uh, making my own podcasts because I learned how to edit in um, audition and so on and so forth, et cetera, et cetera. And all of those skills started with lynda.com at the time, now LinkedIn Learning. Um, So I have to mention LinkedIn Learning as a great way to learn a new skill because it is so full of different skills that you can learn 
And I mean, what's great about it is it's not just these days. It used to be that it was mostly like the creative suite applications and other. uh, So it's how I learned how to do web development. Um, It's how I learned how to, at the time, do flash animation and stuff like that. (laughs) Man, sometimes I am made to feel old. But um, it was... It is now a tool that uh, people use to learn skills for business. So instead of it just being about multimodal prompting with Google's Project Gemini, there's also the three-bucket system, how to get your writing done every day. So if you're an author, for example, and you're struggling to get out those next words, then you can do that. Effective collaboration across teams for people who have to collaborate with multiple teams. Uh, Communicating assertively and setting boundaries, uh, both probably in work and at home. Um, How to be both assertive and likable. Uh, How to think strategically. And you'll see these These are some of the top courses. These top courses aren't even about working on specific apps or things like that. They are instead about, in many cases, uh, skills that you need in your day-to-day life, but also at work um, that are not these kind of, again, app or or, uh, service-specific tools. But they've also got those available too. So Uh, You can, for example, do the Python Essential Training course. Um, And what's great about these courses is that in almost every case, you're working along with someone who is showing you on screen how they're completing it. I mean, that is how I learned how to use the tools is I would watch. uh, I can't remember the guy's last name, but his first name was Deke. And Deke would sit at the uh, desk and work through Photoshop and the other applications and I would learn from Deke how to make use of these programs. And it was super, it, ju- it just clicked for my brain. It was how I thought about things. And to this day, I think that LinkedIn Learning can be very helpful. Um, there is an in-app purchase if you'd like to subscribe. I believe it's $30 a month or it is, uh, let's see, how much per year? It is $299, so $300 per year. That may sound like it's incredibly expensive, and it is. Like, that's a lot of money. But if you are committed to learning these skills and you really are trying to, you know, learn a new thing or several new things, that investment, um, I can say, has been worth it. I should mention they have been a sponsor on the network in the past. They are not currently a sponsor. And I'm not saying all of this stuff because they've sponsored us in the past. It's genuinely how I feel about... um, lynda.com at the time now linkedin learning uh it it's it was awesome and very helpful to me and how i learned many of the skills uh technical skills that i still have to this day they they i got my base through linkedin learning um so yeah you can check that out in the app store as well all right let's round out this category with your last pick rosemary Well, my last pick is related to some of the more technical skills that you might learn in school or college, Um, and that's maths, sciences, computing, but it also covers arts and humanities, some life skills, including things like financial literacy and AI for education, and economics and reading and language arts. That's right, folks. If you guessed it, I'm talking about Khan Academy, K-H-A-N Academy. Um, so it's a free app that you can download. There's also a free website that you can use. And when I say free, I mean They'll take donations if you would like to donate money, but that's all they take. There's no subscription or anything like that. Um, 
But they have a whole bunch of really useful courses. Um, and um, so uh, some folks may not know this about me, but I was always a pretty good student. But when I was in secondary school, uh, UK equivalent of high school, um, I was struggling a bit in maths and I actually got moved down a class, um, at which point I went from struggling but still achieving fairly good grades to achieving terrible grades. Um, and that was because I just didn't gel with the way the teacher was teaching me. Fortunately, my previous maths teacher was able to step in, save the day and say, no, don't move her down any more classes. Bring her back up into my class. She was struggling, but she was doing pretty darn well. She's now not doing as well. And he fought for me. But not everybody has a teacher like that. But for those students you know or you yourself who are struggling with something and it could just be the way it's being taught to you mm. that isn't working with the way that your brain learns. Mm-hmm. So having an alternative teacher on hand, a free teacher um, who can teach you all of these things, and not only are they a free teacher, it's not just some random guy off YouTube who might be making stuff up that he doesn't really understand. <laughs> the Khan Academy is there for you. Um, and uh, yeah, I have to say I recommend it. I use this uh, when I was doing my second degree in computer science to brush up on some of the math skills I needed. Um, and And it's really great. So you can, of course, just go through certain skills. They do everything from like pre-K through to grade two, through to like algebra two, AP college calculus, um, linear algebra, differential equations. Uh, They've got MCAT test prep, digital SAT test prep. You name it, it's all here. Um, and they've even got some partner courses as well. They've got personal finance and financial literacy, AI for education, so much stuff here um, that I recommend checking it out. And it's one of those things that if, if you're struggling with learning something, having it taught to you a different way might just make it click for your brain. So I recommend having this in your back pocket. If you think you've got something or your kid's got some, like your, your kid's learning something and struggling a bit with it, or you know somebody who's learning something or you know somebody who's, you know, child is learning something, it's a great recommendation for them. And honestly, even as an adult, it could be worth just going through and, you know, checking out eighth grade algebra um, or maths and figuring out, hey, do I actually remember how this stuff works? Because, you know, all of us have forgotten things over the last couple of years. Uh, it's worth just, you know, brushing up on these things to get your brain ready to, you know, move on in life with all the other stuff. And, you know, you may learn something from a natural history course or an economics class or U.S. history. You know, I should probably take U.S. history. I spend enough time talking to Americans <laughs> and it might be worth learning about your country every once in a while. But I have to say, I think our tea is better because we don't make it with salt water. We make it with fresh water. I hear that makes a difference. <laughs> but, um... Um, all right, let's let's move along now to the news. Um, I wanted to mention that we are hearing rumblings, mumblings, tumblings, and bumblings um, that the Apple Vision Pro headset is likely to ship in February. Um, Mark Bloomberg, who is also called Mark Gurman, uh, is has as reported that Apple has ramped up its Vision Pro production. This was before the holidays kicked off on December 20th was when this was published. Uh, but since then, there have been even more, including Ming-Chi Kuo, who's uh, kind of corroborated this in a way with uh, Ming-Chi Kuo's own report separate from this. But um, what we're hearing is that the manufacturing is well underway and that it should launch in February uh, with perhaps the announcement of its imminent launch at the end of January. So here we are at the beginning of January. Uh, it's We're hearing that it's likely that by the end of January we'll hear, hey, 
you can pre-order or whatever the uh, Apple Vision Pro and that in early February it will be available. I'm kind of curious, Rosemary, where do you stand as far as this goes? Are you at all considering making this purchase or is your accountant Mm. bracing for you to consider making this purchase? Uh, my accountant is um, screaming at me, but telling me that it's a legitimate business expense, so I will be allowed to purchase one. Uh, my difficulty is, when am I going to get to purchase one? Because at the moment, they're only going to be going on sale in the United States. Oh. Um, and if I have to add a plane ticket to the cost, yeah. then that might get a little bit dicey. Uh, but who knows? Maybe I can come to California and visit you again at the same time. Maybe that'll work out better. Um, but as it is, I definitely want to try one of these. I'm really excited by it. I do actually know some folks at Apple who've been working on various apps and so on that are going to be available on this. So I really want to see what they've been working on for the last couple of years, of course, Um, you know, because that's exciting. It's always nice being able to see the stuff that your friends have made and being like, wow, you did an amazing job. Um, But yeah, I'm going to have to wait and see how it works um, and uh, whether or not it becomes available over here. I have to say, I'm especially excited. I wear contact lenses a lot of the time while recording the podcast, um, but they have magnetic like glasses lenses that will go inside and I'm really excited to try those out. So if I'm wearing my contact lenses, I should be able to take those out. But if I'm not wearing my contact lenses, I can then put in the magnetic lenses and still be able to see, um, which is just very exciting. Um, That's good. So yeah, I I, I want to try that out and actually, you know, get to play with this. Uh, So who knows, maybe at least we'll get them in stores to try out over here soon. Um, But Mike Hurley host of several podcasts on the Relay Network, uh, did an in-depth uh, sort of uh, preview of like his uh, try-on experience mm-hmm. on the Cortex podcast, which was just, it, honestly, it was the best sales pitch that he never made uh, because he wasn't trying to make a sales pitch. He was just talking about his experience, but he absolutely nailed it. And it, it now sounds like something that not only do I want to try, but I think is going to be a really good productivity tool for me. That's interesting. Okay, that's exciting to hear. I uh, am really looking forward to seeing how long it takes for Leo to go from saying he's not getting one to suddenly uh, having the pre-order in his cart and the purchase made. Um, That is the game that will be interesting. I will... I'm going to go 90 seconds. I think 90 seconds. I will, like once it's actually available, he'll have he'll have FOMO. He, like he's going to want one. So, you know, if you wake him on and it comes in at less than 90 seconds, I'll let you win. You can only borrow chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I will eat a hat made of gluten-free bread if Leo Ooh. does not get a, uh, a, a Vision Pro by the end end of the year i think he i think he will um we'll see we'll see it i will be surprised is what i'm saying if he really does not get one um but i am also curious to see who ends up actually purchasing it in its current state at its current price outside of the app developers who I know of. I, I'm curious, basically, how many people in our podcast community end up purchasing one of these when they ship? Because I know I heard a lot of folks saying a whole lot about how they weren't going to get one of these because of the price, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it'll be interesting to see how that actually pans out when it comes uh, in what we're hearing should be February. Um, The next story I wanted to mention, this comes from the Financial Times, and the Financial Times has a piece about Apple uh, 
likely facing an interesting battle in not just the EU, but also in the U.S. as of this year. Um, this all has to do with the with Google's current antitrust uh, suit that is going on, the antitrust trial, I should say, that's going on, where, of course, we learned that Google has paid uh, more than $26 billion, or paid, rather, more than $26 billion in 2021 to Apple to make Google the default search engine on Apple devices. We knew that Google was paying some amount of money. We did not know uh, precisely how much, learning precisely how much, and looking at this uh, antitrust case, which is the first one in kind of the modern big tech era, um, may play a huge role and have a huge impact on where tech legislation goes this year. And I think the big concern or the big uh, thing to watch here is how much it impacts the other companies outside of Google that are involved in this, like Apple. If Google is ordered to no longer pay to be the default search engine and Apple, in effect, is uh, no longer making Google the default search engine, but maybe you choose. But what I think is the more interesting uh set of 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 investigations and potential outcomes has to do with the sideloading uh aspect of everything and i was hoping rosemary you might tell listeners who aren't sure what it means what is sideloading so sideloading essentially means that uh instead of installing an app directly onto your iphone you install it sideways from <laughs> another source. Um, so usually what you would do on an iPhone is you'll go to the App Store and you'll download an app and you'll install it. And that's the direct install. Sideloading would mean that it could come from another source. So for example, some employers might have um, uh, mobile device management set up on devices that they hand out to their staff members and apps could get installed automatically through this mobile device management. Now that's usually still coming from the App Store, but not always from the open app store that we're all used to, where we can go and type in the name of an app and find it. There are some private apps that can only be installed if you are on an MDM um, and it's set up like that. But uh, what Apple is currently facing is the fact that uh, they are being told that the app store counts to a monopoly and therefore it they need to allow installing from other methods. Um, and that is going to come with a whole host of extra responsibilities as well, like updating apps from these other sources, um, making sure that that doesn't have a huge hit on battery life. Apple has very finely tuned when your apps install updates and so on. So, for example, as a developer, when I release an update to an app, when the company that I, I work for um, releases an update to an app. Uh, but we can choose to have this update immediately across everybody's phones. Or what we usually choose to do is this thing called a delayed rollout, which means that it'll trickle out to people over a couple of days. So if there was something that was badly broken, then we would go with the immediate rollout. But otherwise, we tend to use the trickle rollout just in case we do break something, at which point we can then cancel the rollout and, you know, and then uh, release a new version with uh, the fix for that. Now, we really need to do the canceling the rollout and doing the fix, but this delayed rollout is a feature that's really nice for developers and really nice for users as well, because it means that you're not likely to wake up and find that a whole bunch of stuff just randomly broke on your device overnight. But with sideloading... That means that somebody else is going to have to figure out how all of this stuff works and where how they can do that. 
And there's going to be another place that app developers may have to submit their apps. So I guess we're going to have to wait and see exactly how this works out and what tech Apple makes available to these third-party app stores for this sideloading. But uh, yeah, as it is, sideloading looks like it could be a good or a bad thing, depending on your point of view. For now, I'm going to stay firmly in the neutral territory of it could be either, and I'm hoping it works out for the best, but I am scared it's going to work out for the worst. (laughs) I I feel that way as well. Um, I'm sure we'll have lots of new uh, questions and concerns surrounding that when it happens. And that's one thing I want to say about our new way of doing this in in Club Twit is that occasionally we'll break from format. So I I mentioned on the last episode that you would have watched um, on or listened to on Thursday, January 4th, uh, that most of your feedback and questions will will go to Ask the Tech Guys. But on occasion, when something like uh, this comes up and there's a news story surrounding it, uh, we have that ability to break a little bit from format and say, hey, let's talk about how people have been experiencing the sideloading. So be prepared for that. That is uh, something that likely will come up. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about... Uh, in general, our format going forward, we've got some plans to uh, bring on developers who will talk about their apps and give you like a really in-depth and clear look at their apps so you can learn, oh, I didn't know the app did this or that I could use it in this way or uh, that it has this special feature. In some cases, we might be able to convince them to tell us about new things they'll be adding to the app. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, But yeah, as far as this uh, goes with Apple, the U.S. basically has said there's a legal reckoning coming just as much as there is in the EU. Um, so we'll see how that goes for the company um, this year. I think May is when the Google uh, case is set to end. And of course, there will be appeals and everything in between uh, that come as a result of that. So lots to, to look forward to. Lots to look to. That's what we'll go with. All right. um, I think it's time for Shortcuts Corner. This, of course, is the part of the show where you write in with your shortcuts requests. And Rosemary Orchard, the shortcuts expert, provides a response. Scott has written in to say, love the show. Thanks, Scott. Quick shortcut question. I've recently started using RoboKiller to block spam calls, but there are times I'm expecting a call from a vendor or tech support and want to be sure I don't miss it. Also, there are times that I'm on call and need to be sure that calls from unknown callers get through. I'd like to create a shortcut that toggles the active slash paused setting in RoboKiller or alternately toggle the related settings for calls messages so everything gets through. I'll probably program the action button on my iPhone 15 Pro Max to run this shortcut. Interesting. Is it possible? Huh. Does RoboKiller provide shortcuts tie-ins? Well, this is something I struggled to look into because it turns out RoboKiller is not RoboKiller everywhere. Um, so I decided that I would focus on the second part uh, or second option that Scott suggested, which is toggling that uh, a setting in uh, iOS, the native iOS setting, for toggling silence unknown callers. Turns out that's something we can do. However, I'm a little wary to recommend that Scott specifically set this up on the action button because it's just going to toggle. And 
so I'm, I'm just going to actually pause showing my iPhone because I just want to kind of show folks uh, what I mean visually with my hands if you're watching the video. If not, I'm, I'm going to try and do this audio uh, wise as well. But if you imagine that you have a room that's got multiple light switches in it, okay, some of them can turn on the light, well, all of them can turn on and off the light, but you only know the, the light's been turned on if you go in, you flip a switch and the light turns on because the up or down state of that toggle no longer reflects the actual state of the light because there's more than one switch, right? Mm-hmm. Well, using a toggle action in shortcuts is very similar because it doesn't know if the light's on or off. It doesn't have eyes so it can see what's happening with the light. It just knows that it's flipping switch. So by using a toggle action, you're just flipping something, but you don't necessarily know what it was and you don't necessarily know what it is. So imagine that you're going into a room and you're flipping the light switch up and down, but the bulb's dead. Well, now you don't know if the light's on or off. So you actually don't know if it's safe to change the bulb because you don't know if it was on in the first place. Oh no, that's a problem. Um, so you then have to be very careful when changing the bulb. Well, that's what I'm saying here with the toggling feature because you can toggle silence unknown callers, but especially in Scott's case where there's like a whole on-call status, I'm assuming that maybe Scott's a doctor or something like that. If you don't have that set right and you miss a call that's urgent, that sounds like that could be pretty big to me. So I would recommend instead going with a two-shortcut approach, uh, one for turning silence unknown callers on and one for turning it off. And guess what? It's really simple. It's one whole action. Yep, Yay. that's it, folks. It's a whole singular action. And if you just type into the search silence, um, then it should come up with the silence uh, set silence unknown callers action. Um, and uh, if I tap on the info button on this, then it says it'll set it to on or off when it's on. Calls from unknown numbers will be sent and sent to voicemail. Calls will still be displayed on your recent list. Incoming calls will continue to ring from people in your contacts, recent outgoing calls, and serious suggestions. Um, note, this action doesn't work on an Apple Watch or a Mac. Uh, but when I has set this action up, it comes through by default as turn silence unknown callers on. And when I tap on on, it can change to off. And when I tap on turn, it gives me the option to change between turn or toggle. However, just having had that conversation about the light switches and the flipping and not knowing if the light's on or off because the bulb said, I'd recommend going with the turn on and turn off. So Scott, if you've got these two actions, one for turn on, one for turn off, you, you do want this in your action button then what I'm going to suggest is that we get fancy with this. Are you ready? We're going to make a menu. So we're going to use turn from menu. And we're just going to type in silence, unknown, oops, callers. And if I can spell unknown correctly, then that will help. And we'll just say on or off. And then we can just say set Oops, and if I could spell silence, that would be even better. Uh, there we go. So we've got set silence, unknown callers, and we'll just put that inside of the on. And then we can duplicate that and move one into the off and change it to off. And then um, we can just say action uh, button, and I'll just call this action button phone for expediency purposes. And then I can say done. And then when I go into my settings app... And then down onto my action button, I can change this from that uh, action. It should have inside of my shortcuts when it loads. Uh, it should have the option. It's not showing up right now. That's fabulous. Thanks uh, so much there. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, it's 
for some reason, being a little silly, uh, I think this is something to do with the fact that I have my phone in a slightly weird state at the moment and I believe it just needs a good old reboot. Uh, but you can then set it to uh, select that shortcut um, uh, so that you can run it um, along with a whole bunch of other things as well. Um, but yeah, once you have that set up, then when you run that shortcut, then it will ask you, hey, on or off. If you want silence unknown callers on, then you turn it on. And if you want it off, then you turn it off and that's it. Very simple. Um, you could make this more advanced by s- showing a notification afterwards or something saying that it was turned on or it was turned off. But you can also just leave it to be really simple like this with a menu and two actions or two shortcuts and one action in each. That's it. Ah, Once again, thank you, Rosemary, for solving another Shortcuts Corner concern. Folks, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode of iOS Today. If you have questions, comments, concerns, if you want to send in those uh, Shortcuts Corner requests, those can go to iostoday at twit.tv. You can also just message us in the Discord. Uh, you are all Club Twit members, so you have access to the Discord and can communicate with us there. Um, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for making this possible that we can keep bringing you this show each and every week. Uh, Rosemary and I will be back with another episode of iOS today, but until then, we shall say goodbye to you, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye, folks.